dilemma. She comes and she says, and, and they don't even give her a name. They don't even give her husband a name. But what we can surmise from this text is that she is a widow who was married to a servant of the household of faith. And if you know anything about this day and time, hallelujah, the community was supposed to take care of the widows. Uh-huh. Back in this time, it was an accepted practice that the people of God, that the community, that the people of God were in, that they took care of the widows in the land. But what we find here with this particular widow is the fact that her husband died, the community let her down, and the collectors were coming. Praise the Lord. Her covering died. Her husband, while he was alive, was his covering. He not only covered her financially or naturally, but he was the spiritual covering of the house. Now that he is not here, all of her covering has ceased. Not only has her covering ceased, but the community has let her down. Again, you got to understand, the people of the land, they had tribal and clan responsibilities to come together to take care of those that were widowed. And above that, morally, the household of faith should have gathered around this former first lady, this former wife of the prophet, hallelujah, to take care of her sons. But she finds out that when her covering died, so did the, 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 the protection of the community. Hallelujah. Not only is she facing that, but the collectors are coming because they owe the debt. The collectors were coming to take her sons as slaves. And when I looked at that, my tech, one, two. And when I looked at that, hallelujah, I said, God, why would you let the wife of the prophet be without? Why would the people of God come together? And he said, because at this time, when you do a review of the text, society was beginning to turn its eye and its heart away from the Lord. And they were beginning to move more in a paganistic way than in a godly way. So instead of them coming together to help the widow, they left her to fend for herself. But how many of you know, regardless of what situation or season you find yourself in, regardless of what lack, regardless of what loss, regardless of what dilemmas you face, when you serve the most high God, hallelujah, he, he may allow other people to forget about you, but he will never forget the promises that he made. He will never forget, hallelujah, your name. Other people may forget your name. Other, other people may even feel like your name is not worth even being recorded. Hallelujah. But how many know that the God we serve, he knows your name, he knows every hair on your head, he knows every need that you have, he knows what you stand in need of. Hallelujah. So he allows her to come into contact again with the servant Elisha. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bear with us. Hallelujah. We give God praise. Anyhow, despite these distractions and issues on this morning. So she comes again. She has this dilemma. She has death, debt, and despair. We know that she has despair because the text says she cried out to 
16, her husband was a servant of the household of faith. She starts off by saying, your servant, my husband, is dead. But sometimes God will allow us to get to a place that although he sees our issues and he knows our needs, he will cause us to get to a place where we have to cry out to him for him to move on our behalf. So she cries out to him and she says, my husband is dead. And that's the first thing I want to tell us on this morning. When you find yourself facing a dilemma, you got to make sure that you connect with the, with the godly resource. Hallelujah. Connect with a godly resource. Too often when we are experiencing something traumatic, we look to the wrong people and wrong things. Sometimes we allow ourselves to succumb to our situation because we can't see more than what we're dealing with. We don't understand more than what's been said. We don't know anything that more than what's in front of us. And God wants to get us to a place, I believe, in 2020, where it doesn't matter the weight of your problem, the length of your problem, or even the, the people of your problem. Hallelujah. He wants you to know that I am the God that's over every problem. I don't know who that is for on this morning, but somebody needs to know. Don't worry about the length of your problem, the weight of your problem, or the people of your problem. Hallelujah. But God is the one who is over every problem. And if you connect to the right resource, hallelujah, the right resource will help you get access to the source and you shall receive what you stand in need of. Listen, she said, hey, you're certain my husband, he's dead. And these people get ready to come take my babies. Despair. Could you imagine losing your husband, losing your spouse, and then somebody comes and says, because he died with the debt, or he died not taking care of your debt, the very, the very precious gifts that you still have that, that help you to cling to the memory of who he is, you're going to take them too. And they're going to serve us until the debt is over. But again, she connects with a godly resource that doesn't even say, he, he doesn't address what she says other than asking her, what shall I do for you? Ah, oh, but if you look at the text, he doesn't even wait for her to give him an answer. She doesn't say, well, can we come under the protection of the prophets? She, she doesn't say, well, can we borrow what it is that we need? She doesn't say, can the household look at He doesn't give her opportunity to say anything or to ask for anything. He immediately goes on to tell her, you tell me what you have in the house. Hallelujah, I hear you, Holy Spirit. And some of us, God has been answering us so quickly because he doesn't want us to ask him a question, but he wants to reveal to us what we already have. Listen, some of us are waiting for God to do a particular thing, and God is saying, you already got what you need, but you don't understand the value of what you have. You already got what I've already given you, what you need, hallelujah, to receive your deliverance, to receive your healing, to receive your blessing, but you don't see it in the same manner that I see it. And she says, after he asked her, well, what do you have in the house? She says, nothing but a jar of oil. Nothing but a jar of oil. And I want to tell somebody, not only do you got to connect with God with resources, but you have to value what you have. You see, she didn't recognize the value of what she already had. 
here's what you gotta understand. Even if God hadn't expanded the little jar she had, the little she had was still valuable. You gotta understand, back in these days, oil was used for a lot of things. It was used for uh, the anointing. It was used for household items. And depending on the type of oil you had, which I believe is what she had in this text, you could use the oil and exchange the oil for monies or for goods. So she had something that was valuable in her home. But because in her mindset she didn't have enough of uh, enough of the oil, the little that she had was not good enough. She didn't think, hmm, well, you know, I got the little oil, and maybe I can sell the little that I have to give my, me and my son some kind of room or legway. She didn't think, well, let me see uh, what I can do. Let me go to the market with this little bit that I have and see how God can bless us. No, she just says, I just got this little bit. And somebody needs to know that you got to stop devaluing, hallelujah, Lord, the little that you have. Because God is saying to you, it's just a little. But if you give it over to me, if you trust me, if you understood the value even in the little that you have, I will be able not only to use it, but to increase it. Stop demeaning and belittling, belittling the little that you have. Even the little that you have is valuable to God. The small business that you have right now is valuable to God. The little connection that you feel that you have with a certain family member, it's valuable to God. Those gifts that you think are not big enough to do anything with or to glorify God with, God is saying, look, that little is valuable to me. And what you got to do is value that. Listen, and not only do you got to learn to value what you have, but you got to use what you got. Look at verse 3 and 4. Verses 3 and 4 says, Then he said, Go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your, your, all your neighbors' empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. What do you mean you got to use what you, get, what you have, use what you got? Listen, all she had was that little jar of oil, but she also had access to other people that could be a blessing. Listen, she didn't say to the prophet, are you crazy? You want me to go knock on doors and ask people for vessels to pour this little bit of oil in? Let's put aside the oil, the fact of the oil for a moment. But let's go back to the fact that she is in a dilemma. Her husband is dead, she's in despair, and she's in debt. I already feel like the lesser of the community because they all know that my husband is dead. They all know that the collector is coming for me and you want me to belittle myself even more by asking for handouts? And not only did you tell me to get one handout, but you told me to go to multiple places to get multiple handouts. And watch what she does. She doesn't argue with the prophet about why that does not sound that's not a sound decision. She does not argue with the prophet about why or how that would make her feel. She didn't allow her circumstances or her seeming ridicule, hallelujah, cause her to be disobedient. She didn't argue or rationalize with the prophet on why what he requested didn't make sense. And some of us need to 
know that there were times that God will call us to do something, and in our flesh, we will want to feel like our flesh will try to make us feel like that what God is doing, what God has said, doesn't make sense. It does not make sense for me to go knocking on doors asking for help, and I'm already in debt. I'm already in debt, and now you want me to go and borrow from people I can't give back to? How does that make sense for what? She doesn't argue with him. She doesn't debate with him. She tells her son, y'all go and y'all start collecting the vessels. Hallelujah. And I need somebody to be encouraged on today. Stop arguing with God about why his request for you to move, why his request for you to be obedient, why it doesn't make sense to you. Let me help you out. Our deliverance don't always makes sense. God, the way God blesses us doesn't always make sense. The people that he wants to use doesn't always make sense. But God has a way of taking every single thing that doesn't make sense to us and use it for his glory and for our good. He was using this situation and he gave her assurance that, listen, go and borrow, hallelujah, and when you come in, shut the door. Hallelujah. But she wasn't able to do that. Or she wouldn't have been able to do that if she didn't value what she had or she didn't use what she had. She had to use her voice. She had to use her access. And God is saying on this morning, some of you are crying and wondering and, and waiting on God to move. And he's already given you instructions. Follow the instructions that God has given you, even if it doesn't make sense to your natural mind. Because God does not operate in the things of the natural, but he operates, hallelujah, in the things of the supernatural. It did not make sense to tell this widow who was in despair to go and collect every kind of vessel that she could when all she had was a little jar of oil. In the natural, it made no sense because it was, you would automatically assume that the little that she had would not stretch into every other vessel. But how many of you know, again, God in the supernatural. God does not ask you to understand or to see it before you move in obedience. He says, take me at my word. Hallelujah. So she did what the prophet told her to do, her and her sons, and they go and they collect the vessels. But what I love about this text, when you get to verses 5 and 7, ah, she shows us something that so many of us need to really learn how to do. She operates in faith without caution. She operated in faith without caution. The text says, so she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought the vessels to her, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, and the vessels were full, that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons will live on the rest. She was so focused on following God's instructions and not being worried about the outcome that she didn't even realize the oil had stretched so much that it filled every vessel they bought. Let me say that again. She was so 
focus on following the instructions, hallelujah, and not being worried about the outcome that she didn't even realize that God had increased what she offered up to him. She did not even realize that the vessels had run out. She didn't even realize she had already poured out enough for her to for her deliverance for the restoration and to pay her debt. And somebody this morning needs to know you need to stop focusing on the outcome and focus on the instruction. Hallelujah. Some of us cannot reach our destination because we're so worried about getting to the destination that we're negating the experience of the process by following instructions. And God is saying to somebody on this morning, you are frustrated and you feel like you're failing and you feel like things aren't working, not because I haven't put you on the right path, not because I haven't opened up my blessings to you, not because I'm not moving in your life, but you are so focused on reaching the end that you are forgetting to do what's necessary in the middle. She, she faced death, death, and despair. Hallelujah. But in, in a, a, a way to deliver, she had to do the work. And God is saying, you're always waiting for me to automatically or to, to immediately just provide your, deliver, your deliverance. But sometimes we got to do the work in the middle. Sometimes we got to follow instructions. Sometimes we got to do what God says, even when it seems foolish. Sometimes we got to do what God says, even when other people are going to turn their back on you or talk about you. Sometimes you just got to do. Well, put your head down and do the work. She put her head down, and she poured, and she poured, and she poured. Hallelujah. And the Bible says that she filled every vessel. Listen, you got to know, when you move in obedience, God moves in unexplainable ways. It doesn't mean that God's movement is contingent to your obedience. Listen, God, he so desires to move and bless us and give us what we need. Even, and that's, that's the grace of God, even when we aren't obedient. But watch, our obedience opens you to receiving what God is doing. Has she said, this doesn't make sense? Has she said, I don't understand why you're doing this? I need a play-by-play. -play. Uh, I need to see this laid out play-by-play to see how this going to work out for me and my sons. Has she argued with the prophet? Has she told him, no, I'm not going to do it to you. Explain it further. She would have missed out on what God is doing. Listen, you got to understand, God didn't decide to bless her once she and her sons began collecting the vessels, uh -uh. he didn't decide to bless her when she started moving in obedience. The promise to bless came when the prophet opened his mouth. Hallelujah. The promise to bless her came when the prophet opened his mouth. The ability to receive God's blessings came when she went against the norm and did what God said. And I just want to let somebody know, even in the midst of this pandemic, even in the midst of what we are going through as a society with systemic injustices, with, with lack of, uh, of access to things, with things still being shut down, God is saying, if you would still go by the word that I gave you at the beginning of 2020, if you would still work on the vision, if you would still believe me to move, if you would still believe me to deliver that loved one, if you would still believe me to do what I promised, if you still will believe me to heal your body, if you still will 
believe me to move on your behalf. If you still will believe for me to open up those finances to you, I still am willing to move, but you got to open yourself up to me and allow me to move. Because I already promised to bless you. You just got to be obedient. Hallelujah. All she had to do was be obedient. And look, God blessed her exponentially above what she was, what she expected. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That reminds me of a song we sing now. He's done more than I ever expected. Somebody needs to know. Somebody needs to shout right there in your living room. God is about to do more than you ever expected. Look at the text. Not only did she have enough oil to fill the vessels, but she had oil left over in the original jar. God is saying, not only am I going to give you blessings that's going to overflow and overpour in your life to allow you to do everything that you need, I'm going to allow you to still have some left over as a reminder to what I've done. Hallelujah. Listen, listen, I'm almost through. I pray this is blessing somebody out there today. Listen, listen, listen. Listen, listen, she says, it says, so she went from the prophet and she shut the door. Hmm. You see, her her obedience was, it, it, it was dual. It was the duality in her obedience. She got the vessels and she poured the oil, but she also shut the door. Because hmm. if you look at his immediate instructions, he said, go get vessels and when you get home, shut the door. Some of us got to re realize that we can't operate in partial obedience. We can't do half of what God has said. We got to do all of what God has said. So she got the oil and she shut the door. Now, it, it seems strange to me that you would have her to go and borrow these vessels from neighbors, although they know the dilemma she is facing, why wouldn't you allow them to see her deliverance? Why wouldn't you allow them to see how God was going to use the oil? Why wouldn't you allow them to see how God was going to use, use her and use the oil? And God says, listen, sometimes you just have to shut the door to people to restrict their access to what God is doing in your life. Even those God may have used in the process of our blessing. Listen, after God used her neighbors to provide the vessels, again, she was instructed to close the door. There are some of us that are trying to take other people that are connected to us because we are comfortable with them or because we love them or because they helped us in certain ways and to our deliverance and to what God has for us. And God is saying in this season, there are some people that should no longer have access to you because all they're going to do when they get behind the door with you, they might begin to murmur in your ear. Do you really think that's going to work? Because you got 25 vessels, but you only got half a jar of oil. This doesn't make sense. You know, sometimes people may mean well, but sometimes they will speak things into your spirit that will cause you to have a lack or cause your faith and what God has told you to diminish. And God is saying, listen, sometimes you got to shut off the access because I need your ear alone. Sometimes you got to shut off the access because I don't need to speak a negativity into your life. Sometimes you got to shut off the access because they can't see the power behind the vision. Sometimes you got to shut off the access because they smile on your face, but they don't really want you to get healed. They don't really want you to get delivered. They don't really want you to get set free. God is saying, get enough discernment to 
God is integrated to. And then some blessings are simply private. Hallelujah. You had a public dilemma, but God said, I'm going to bless you privately. And watch, I'm going to do it privately, but I'm going to manifest it publicly. Oh my God. I'm going to bless you privately, but the witness will be public. How do you say the witness is public? Well, it's right here in the text. Hallelujah. When she went back to the prophet, uh, he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. And you and your sons live on the rest. I need somebody to catch that in the spirit. He said, sell the oil, pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. In the beginning of this text, she was in despair. She had debt, debt, hallelujah, and despair. At the end of the text, once God got finished moving in her life, hallelujah, once the oil began to flow in her life, thank you, God, she had deliverance. And somebody needs to know, God is allowing the oil, hallelujah, to flow in your life, to bring you from your dilemma to your deliverance. But in the meantime, in the middle, you have got to do the work. You have got to connect with a godly resource. You have got to value what you have. You have got to use what you got. You have to operate in faith without caution. You can't be concerned about the outcome, but you got to follow every instruction that the Lord has given unto you to bring you to your deliverance. Don't get distracted. Don't get dismayed. Don't be confused. Don't, don't allow worry to, to overtake you, but trust in the process. She trusted in the process and she poured. Hallelujah. Even when it didn't make sense to pour, she poured. And somebody right now is saying, God, it doesn't make sense to start the business. It doesn't make sense to get married. It doesn't make sense to start the ministry. It doesn't make sense for me to mentor these people. It doesn't make sense. And God is saying, I didn't ask you if it made sense. I asked you if you heard my instruction. Hallelujah. So don't worry about whether it makes sense. Don't worry about what other people think. Don't worry about what you feel like you don't have. Follow his instruction because he's leading you to deliverance. He's leading you to destiny. He said, sell the oil. This is why I said he, he blessed them privately, hallelujah, but he gave them a public witness. These same people that watched her husband die, these same people, hallelujah, that knew they was coming to get her sons, these same people, hallelujah, she had to borrow from. God is now going to allow her to walk proudly right through the rest of the crowd and allow her to do everything she didn't think she could do. Ah, somebody needs to know, God in this season, hallelujah, is about to bless you right in the presence of everything. And he's going to use the very thing that you didn't think had any value. Hallelujah. Hmm. I don't know why this is so heavy on my heart at this moment. But, but somebody, somebody is saying, oh, I've been crying out and, and I heard from God and I'm struggling to follow the instruction. And God is saying, it's time for you to evict all those other voices that you have out of your head and listen to what I said. I know they're still coming for you, but don't stop pouring. Hallelujah! Because you got to understand the collectors were still coming for her sons. She was still in debt 